the work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.
Good morning, everybody. Good morning this first Sunday in February as the months and the weeks go rolling by. I hope you are all well wherever you find yourselves, whether you are here in the Bay Area, whether you are with us from Mexico or Ecuador or Texas. If you can, write in the chat where you're coming to us from to join in worship together today, and we're thrilled to have you with us. It's wonderful to be together. I want to first introduce myself, Vanessa Southern, the senior minister of this congregation and community. And I want to introduce the people who are making worship possible this morning. I'm so grateful for Reiko Oda Lane, as you heard, introduced us into worship with the fantastic organ pieces that she chose this morning. We're always grateful to have her with us, and you'll hear more of her later. But we also have a whole bunch of musicians who will ma be making worship possible. So I want to thank Mark Sumner, who's our music director. I want to thank Leandra Ram and Brielle, Marina Nielsen, Ben Rudiak Gould, Asher Davidson. Miwa Steger is back with us today. Thanks to all of them who are in another part creating music safely as we are all here together, the rest of us in the sanctuary. And so I want to thank Eric Shackelford, who is operating the camera and also Shuli Ong, who is operating our upstairs Reiko cam, as we like to call it, to Jonathan Silk, who pulls all of the technology, our director of communications together, for Joe Chapeau, who's there to answer your questions on the chat. So if you have any questions or needs, he's right there waiting for you. Thomas Brown, who got the building ready for us this morning. And I want to thank who's helping me lead worship in the chancel this morning. So all the way on my stage left is Dennis Adams, who's a member of our worship associates, who I'm lucky to be with here today, and also Lori Lai, who's joining us, who is, among her many hats, on the board and our treasurer, and also is going to be sharing our reflection this morning. On this Sunday, which, decked out in red, beginning to anticipate what will take place, begin to take place this Friday, we are gathering to begin to reflect and celebrate on the Lunar New Year for this coming year. I hope you enjoy the worship service. We're so glad to have you all with us. And so we begin by lighting our blue candle, which has gotten remarkably smaller because it appears that one week I forgot to blow it out at the end of worship. So you are all going to have to Stay with me as we make it last, because this candle is the one we have been lighting since we were first apart. And when we light it, we acknowledge that all of us are here in this moment together in spirit, in ways that we look forward to being together again in body soon. So welcome to worship, everybody. Let's join in singing our first hymn of the morning this morning. The music and the words are in your order of service. It's number 40 if you have the gray hymnal at home. The morning hangs a signal. Let's sing together.
Now it's time for our unison chalice lighting, the words for which are in your order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. And now it's also time for some brief invitations. Hello, I'm Dennis Adams. If this is your first time watching, thanks for joining us. You can follow along in the order of service, which is available in the description of this video and is emailed to everyone who receives our newsletter, which you can get by signing up through a link to our connection form that is in the order of service and video description. The order of service also lists upcoming events and links to opportunities to connect, including our Zoom coffee hour, which takes place after the service. Please join in anything that interests you. I want to call your attention especially to Spirit Saturday, our excuse to get together periodically on a Saturday morning, now on Zoom, to deep dive into a topic of creativity or reflection or shared wrestling. The next Spirit Saturday is on the morning of February 27th. We have a few workshops available that we'd invite you to join and read more about, and then register if you want to join us. We have one that Meg McGuire, our intern, is leading on body and spirit. One also Allison Jacks, our associate minister, is leading on articulating our own credo, our personal belief statement. And one member, Mari Magdal Magaloni, is leading, which is specifically geared at our BIPOC members and friends on a revisioning of worship. Please come invite friends and join. Details are in the order and online under adult spiritual growth on our website. We do also want to let folks know that the Zoom memorial service for Ken Keep has been confirmed for Saturday, February 20th at 2 p.m. So please hold that time in your calendar and join in the celebration of his life. Now I'd like to invite Vanessa Southern up to do a special announcement about our auction. Yes, for those of you who were part of the extravaganza of our experiment in the auction in COVID times, thank you for being part of it. It was an amazing experiment with successes that I think we're gonna carry forward. So first of all, the entirety of our silent and our live auction, I was told as of this morning, raised about $45,000. And 20,000 of that was toward our various fund and needs and the rest for the ongoing works and ministries of this congregation. People, including people on this chancel, donated items for that event, for the silent auction and for the live auction. Many of you did too, and lots of you bid on them and attended. So we wanna thank all of you for making the auction and its successes possible. And we wanna particularly thank Gary Lorenzen, a member here who was our auctioneer with the help of Chelsea Cullen. They both did a fantastic job to Thad Smith and to Sue Anthony who chaired the event and helped revision it and pulled together the team. And in particular also for Gino Fortunato and Sarah Ellerman 
who helped us with a lot of the background Autria work and pulling together of all of the details that we needed to make this event an incredible success. Many other people were part of this. We want to thank all of you and we'll be able to enjoy the fruits of this auction in the months and in the year ahead. So we look forward to that too. Thank you. Oh, one more thing, sorry. I don't have the details yet, but there was the biggest live auction item was a trip to Hawaii, uh, including airfare and uh, hospitality to stay uh, in Hawaii. The details of which we will be um, sending you out soon because we are going to reopen it for bidding because people who wanted to bid on it weren't there and um, Sue Anthony who won it is willing to put it up for bid again in a generous, generous act of sharing. Um, so anyway, watch out for details and bid. After the service today at 1 p.m. sharp, we're celebrating Black History Month with a live Zoom conversation with Constanza Romero, the executive producer of the just released movie, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, starring Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman. The discussion will be followed by a Zoom screening of the film. Ma Rainey is author August Wilson's story of a real life jazz singer who came to Chicago to record in 1927. Wilson, called the American Shakespeare because of his deep expressive stories, wrote the century cycle of 10 plays depicting the black American experience in each decade of the 20th century. His plays have won Tony Awards, Drama Desks Awards, and Pulitzer Prizes. Constanza is August Wilson's widow, executor of his estate, a passionate guardian of his artistic legacy, and the film's executive producer, an award-winning costume designer in her own right. She will share the story of how she and Wilson met, her remembrances of his creative process, and moments from the making of the film version of Ma Rainey. Originally, the movie was set to screen at one and the discussion would follow. However, the order has been reversed and Constanza's conversation will start the celebration. So please join the event sponsors, The Forum and Sensible Cinema for this free Black History Month event at 1 p.m. today. The Zoom link information is on the homepage of the website and we will put it in the Zoom chat now. I believe that is all I wanted to call to your attention. So let's center ourselves now in our worship by singing our meditation on breathing. The words are in your order of service. You can listen to our song leader if this is the first time singing it, and then join in as we sing it through a few times together. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I'll breathe out love. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I'll breathe out love. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in I'll breathe out, I'll breathe out, I'll breathe out love. 
when I breathe out. I'll breathe out love when I breathe in. I'll breathe in peace when I breathe out. I'll breathe out love. Please join me as we say together our covenant and sing our doxology. The words of the covenant are printed in your order of service. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom and to help one another. Recognizing there is human suffering all over this world in the course of natural and human catastrophes. We ring our gong this morning in honor of three such places of suffering and struggle. We ring our gong first as we have since July of 2019 for those lives held and those lives lost in federal custody in our detention camps, for the mounting trauma to children separated from their families, for all people held without charges in less than transparent and humane circumstances. In this repeat of some of the most shameful chapters of our nations and our worlds, xenophobia, racism, and greed. For this, we will ring our gong seven times for the week of days this week in which human dignity has been dismissed and wrongful deeds done in our name. We ring our gong once additionally for the losses this week to COVID-19. This last week, 95,219 people died of COVID-19 globally, 24,410 in the United States alone. 
We hold in our hearts all of these losses, each one precious. And we hold in our hearts all who continue to risk their lives to provide essential services, who suffer from job loss, whose lives are especially vulnerable to the disease, and all whose isolation and struggle is harder the longer the pandemic continues. Finally, we ring our gong once in mourning and solidarity with our Asian American neighbors and fellow citizens for the acts of xenophobia that have surfaced again this week. We ring that time for all those who experience fear and violence and threat most persistently perpetuated out of persistent and permitted racism of acts subtle and brutal. May we keep all of those we have named and their loved ones in our thoughts and in our prayers. And may we ease the tide of human suffering this coming week, howsoever we can. As this new year approaches, 
and we sweep out and clean out the old to make room for the new. Reminding ourselves that there will be no sweeping on the new year because we wouldn't want to sweep out good luck or good fortune when it comes. As the new year approaches and we prepare to make loud noises in bursts of firework and decorate in red, to keep Nian, the beast of old legend and worry away. Prepared to eat sticky rice balls as a symbol of unity, of family. And do all things auspicious and joyful to welcome in the best kind of change. We hold out our hopes, our prayers, our intentions for the things of life that make it sweetest and strongest. For stability in our emotions, for dignity in our character, to deepen in wisdom and have our compassion reach right inside to ourselves and then ripple out as it does to all. We hope that we serve the good as we know it and come to know it more than we do. Have ignorance stripped away and live out of gratitude even for the hard moments of learning, even for the ability to live through loss and struggle. May we serve not just ourselves, stay connected to the generations before us, pulled forward to in our thinking and acts by those who are just making their appearance on this earth and those who are beyond our seeing. And life be full of balance and joy, sweet, vibrant, like the celebrations that Welcome a new year in.
Let us be in shared silence, present to our own hopes for this Lunar New Year. Make them present to ourselves. Invite them to be ushered in. May they inspire our living into this new year of possibility. Amen. Happy Lunar New Year of the Meadow Ox. This second new moon after the winter solstice, which is on February 12th this year, will mark 4,000 over 4,700 years of Chinese history dating back to the mystical reign of the Yellow Emperor. The ox is one of the 12 animals of the Chinese zodiac which has been a prominent part of Chinese culture for thousands of years.
The entire Chinese zodiac element cycle lasts 60 years as 12 animals are combined with the five elements, fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. For some traditional families, significant life decisions, such as the choice of a marriage partner, or the year a couple will to try to conceive are influenced by the Chinese zodiac. Typically, there is a relative baby boom in China during dragon years, as people born in those years are thought to be powerful, strong, brave, and lucky. This Lunar New Year, my thoughts will be with my brother, who will complete an entire cycle of 60 years in 2021. He is the first person born in the year of the ox that I, born in the year of the dog, got to know well. When I was three or four, my parents took me to Honolulu Airport to pick up their adopted son who arrived from Hong Kong. From this first meeting, it appeared that conventional Chinese astrology had it right. Oxen and dogs had absolutely nothing in common. I enjoyed academic pursuits while he was happy to graduate from high school and go to community college. Some teachers who taught both of us at different times while we were growing up found it hard to imagine that we were brother and sister and not only because we did not resemble each other. He became a lifelong smoker, hunter, and gun collector, and I was never a fan of cigarettes, guns, or hunting animals. As he has supported many Republican candidates, I have learned to avoid any reference to politics during our short, infrequent conversations. In fact, I try to let him live his own life since it is often hard for me to be supportive of the many things he holds dear. Yet Chinese astrology, similar to Western astrology, and even newer methods to typecast people, such as Myers-Briggs, cannot be completely accurate in describing individuals as whole unique persons and predicting how other types will interact with them. As the years have passed, I have come to notice that my brother and I actually have some things in common. For starters, we are from the same orphanage in Hong Kong. We also work hard in positions of responsibility for public safety. He is an air, airplane mechanic and I am managing products in the diagnostics field. Both of us loved our late parents very much and he, he did the lion's share of caring for them as he stayed in Hawaii with them and I relocated to San Francisco shortly after college. So on this New Year's Day, as in many years past, I will wish my brother Kung Hei Fa Choi and congratulate him on completing a whole long cycle in the Chinese Zodiac calendar. Thank you so much, Lori. And now our offering, which is for the works and ministries of this community will be both given and received. And I'm asked to tell you to use the Sunday plate offering line through our online donation portal when we're having a normal collection like today, which is just for the works and ministries of this community. So Sunday plate offering will now be given and gratefully received. Faith is 
can hear that still small voice deep inside. Web of life, may this thread I weave, strength and commitment to all I believe. Vision be my guide as I seek my as Lori said, is the year of the ox, the yin metal ox. Ox years are 1937, 1949, 1973, 1985, 2009, and 2021. Some famous people born in the year of the ox include Barack Obama, Vincent Van Gogh, Walt Disney, Malala, B.B. King, Malcolm X, Louis Armstrong, Princess Diana, and Lori's brother. Our reading this morning is the story explaining the ox's position in the Chinese zodiac. The story begins a long time ago when the Jade Emperor decided he wanted 12 animals to be his guards and to be symbols of a 12-year cycle. He invited all the animals to race to see which 12 could first cross the gate of heaven would be included in that order in this group of 12. The day came and the ox knowing he was slow left early. So did the competitive rat. The rat was first in the race until he came to a river that he could not cross. He sat at its bank waiting and thinking and trying to figure a way to ford it when the ox came along. As the ox entered the river, the rat jumped into the ox's ear. It's not clear if he asked permission. And he was carried across. Apparently enjoying the company, he stayed there as they made the rest of their journey. 
Finally, when they arrived at the gate, and just as they were about to enter, however, the rat jumped out of the ox's ear and claimed first place. And so, the first year in the cycle of years was named for the rat, and the second for the ox. Hmm. According to author and host of the podcast Uncanny Japan, Tursa Matsura, people born the year of the ox are supposed to be hard and determined workers, diligent, faithful, honest, who achieve their goals thanks to their persistent effort. They think carefully about everything before acting, are concrete and down to earth, don't get caught in illusions, don't care much about others' opinions or for praise. They are not always good communicators, but can be gentle personalities, good minds, good listeners, and good to family and friends. Seems like a great time to welcome the Year of the Ox. a study that said that churches that had drums had more men in them. So every time Joe, Jonathan, uh, you know, plays the drum, I think, oh good, our attraction retention of men to the church is going to increase this week. <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you both. As Lori Lai pointed out in her reflection, and I think I've got this right, 
the sort of Chinese rotation, the 60-year cycle of 12 lunar years, each represented by an animal and also by five elements, wood, fire, earth, metal, and water, has landed us in that cycle in 2021 and starting this Friday with the year of the yin metal ox. Good. This is the year, the moment, these last few days where we are completing the year of the rat, a year whose force was the fast, hard, active yang, while the element was water, which is known for changing all the time. The ox's earthly branch, though, is associated with yin, which is slow and soft and passive. In China, the ox is known as an animal of strength. It's vital, of course, in traditional agrarian life, and understandably, it's associated with harvests and fertility. In Feng Shui, the ox is considered auspicious. It has the reputation of being able to grant wishes. Apparently, the ox is the most common animal featured in Korean proverbs. And across Japan and Korea and China, the ox of the zodiac is not associated as we might imagine uh, with some kind of doltish plodding. No, but with this gorgeous set of virtues like diligence and gratitude and loyalty. It's seen as altruistic, doing its best to serve humankind. One Korean proverb says, it is a bad plowman that quarrels with his ox. Which is to say, what kind of person finds themselves in a quarrel with the kind, loyal, altruistic ox? Lori's brother is one representation, as you heard, of a person born in the year of the ox. In a novel that I read this winter called How Much of These Hills is Gold, the author, C. Pam Zhang, who sets the novel, by the way, in California during the gold rush years, or maybe just at the tail end, she also has a character that, for me, reflects the virtues of the ox as I read about them. It's the father in the story, Ba, as his daughters call him. This character who silently, stoically works to provide for his family, enduring hardship, but also we find out later, and I don't think I'm spoiling any, anything, holding the hard secrets of the family to himself to protect his loved ones who can only ever see part of what his loyalty and discipline and love requires of him in order to serve them. I believe in family, Tinhua Lucy girl, he says. Your family comes first. You stick by them. You can't betray your family. Isn't it lovely to read about the ox and people who embody its virtues? What's also true about the ox is that in Buddhism, the ox is often taken to represent the Buddha nature. That is to say, it's taken to represent the fundamental nature that is 
of or in all of us that's capable of achieving enlightenment. When I read that, I remembered a book that I had bought in years ago called Riding the Ox Home. Its subtitle is Stages on the Path to Enlightenment, and it was written by John Dado Lurie. Lurie, a Jersey boy by birth, a photographer and an author of over 20 books, was also one of the 12 Dharma successors to the Zen master Taizen Mazumi. Lori became the abbot of the Zen Mountain Monastery in Tremper, New York, and he was the founder of the Mountain and Rivers Order of monks and nuns. He died in 2009. Among the written works that he left behind were translations of poems and then commentary on them and the accompanying nanga or Chinese brush style paintings that are of a traditional text and imagery that dates back at least until the 12th century and maybe before and may have actually even been Taoist in its origins according to one source that I read. The poems and the paintings, 10 of them by the 12th century, they, they use the ox herder as a metaphor for the spiritual journey and its stages. Versions of these paintings I read are often in display in Zen temples in Japan and China and the Korean peninsula. And Luri's book explains what he learned of what they say or point to in the stages and the struggles and the rewards of the Zen path, you might say, up the mountain. The paintings begin with a child who's looking for an ox in what is an exhausting search. In fact, it's only by the third of the poems that the boy even cites the ox, and in Lori's version, just its hindquarters in some brush sticking out. Until then, the journey described is this child's search for something that he knows is there, a child who launches into the journey with faith and determination, but also moments of doubt and exhaustion. And once he finds the ox, there's the work to draw it along with him to slowly, over time, learn to work with and move with and be one with this ox, the way I suppose the farmer ultimately, ideally, is one with the ox as the two of them work through the fields. Except in these poems, once the union of the ox and the boy, who's now a grown-up, takes place, the ox disappears from the imagery it is a Zen teaching after all. Having merged with the Buddha nature, divisions dissolve between self and other, between soul and mind. Quote, whip, tether, self and ox, all have merged. No traces remain, the poem says. By now the boy come man, walks through the rest of his journey to enlightenment, and then, late in the poem cycle, the old man having gone up the mountain, you might say, and seen the truth of things, particularly of himself and the underpinnings of the universe, 
having grown in compassion and connection, letting go of false grasping is ready, commanded in this last stage to return to the world again. Like the Buddha after enlightenment, who also returned to the world of suffering to serve. The ox in all of this, according to the poetry, is the part of ourselves that we easily lose and have to go looking for. It's the part that's always there, somewhere, which we will learn again is actually foundational to who we are, our essential nature, but who we have to sometimes search for and befriend with the determination and faith and struggling through the doubt and exhaustion that the boy did. And if we're lucky, or more so, if we're disciplined and diligent, it's the part we will dissolve back into. The last poem describes our re-entry into the world with all its secular, distracted frenzy and the business of living. Quote, entering the marketplace barefoot and unadorned, Laurie's translation reads, blissfully smiling though covered with dust and ragged of clothes, using no supernatural power, you bring the withered trees spontaneously into bloom. Reading that description got me thinking about who I have known who felt like such a presence. People talk of the Dalai Lama being that kind of presence, and from afar he certainly always seemed that way. My grandmothers both felt like that to me toward the end of their lives, women who had nothing to prove, the wisdom of perspective, and who trusted the world and my essential goodness. That's how it felt. And patting your hands kind of tr transmitted that trusting to you. And there was a priest I met, a convert from Hinduism who had been very close to my husband's family. He was like that. I mean, Father Bulchand, had been a contentious, challenging priest in his time, gotten into some complicated political dynamics, at least that's what I gather, but when I met him, he was older. He baptized Lila, our daughter, a person who converted from Hinduism, knew the larger scope of the spirit, I figured, and seemed like a good person to do that blessing. And once, when we went to visit him, and we took Lila to him when she was a baby. She was crying up a storm. He got into the passenger seat in the car, then bent from osteoporosis, and he reached out for her with his arthritic hands. We handed her over, and holding her, he just smiled and laughed as she fussed and fussed. And we felt badly, but he, chuckling, just started to play around, tapping on the car window and holding her gaze with his huge smile and his bright eyes. And she quieted down completely. I think of that kind of presence, which I think is one shaped by a lifetime of practice.
of deep reflection, of struggle to know yourself and work and surrender to disciplines of mind and spirit that center you in the right places, which is also what the book makes a point of again and again, the poems, the paintings, that at each stage, and especially as we think we're getting wise in this journey, getting a handle on the truth and on ourselves, the risk is always the same, always there to abandon the practices or whatever systems of inner and outer accountability we have, forget the study and the ritual, the meditation, the prayer, whatever it is that got us there. At each stage, that's the risk. And to remind ourselves that like the ox, the virtue is to be steady and disciplined and stay the course. I don't know about you, but I am ready for the year of the ox. I am done with reality TV superficiality and the cult of personality and frivolous made up drama and concerns about ratings. I feel like I have been living in a world force feeding us all junk food, no nutrients, lots of calories, toxic additives, and that we are, I think, soul sick from that ersatz version of life. I am sick too of life before pandemic, the one that Zhuangzi, a Taoist philosopher of the fourth century BCE said that we can sometimes live life, he said, like a galloping horse that nothing can stop, running over things, sweating and laboring until the end with not even enough time to look around and delight, let alone plan and choose and have thoughtful intention in our days. By contrast, doesn't the ox sound appealing? A year of the ox. Lori, the abbot, points out the ordinariness that the ox represents. But it's more like the extraordinariness that's in the ordinary, don't you think? It reminds me of words that we often share at memorial services, words written by Emerson, words about what makes a life a success, where Emerson says this, that what that successful life is, is to laugh often and love much to win and hold the respect of intelligent persons and the affections of little children, to earn the approbation of honest critics and to endure without flinching the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty always, whether in the earth's creations or man's handiwork, to have sought for and found the best in others and to have given it oneself to leave the world better than one found it, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, a cheery letter, or a redeemed social condition. To have played with enthusiasm, laughed with exuberance, sung with exultation. To go down to dust and dreams knowing that the world is a bit better 
and that even a single life breathes easier because we have lived well. That is to have succeeded. I want that for us this year. And it sounds a lot like the ox to me. A year of oxen ways, steady and disciplined and loyal and good to family and friends. Good minds, but not asking a lot of praise. Deliberate, a little stubborn at the right times. Strong, not flashy. Ordinary, in all the extraordinary kind of ordinary ways. So may we, all of us, like the child in the ancient poems, seek and find the ox in the world, in ourselves, lose ourselves and merge with it. May we find a way this year to Enter the marketplace of life naked of pretense, like that old man at the end of the poem cycle, covered in dust, that common film of earth and life, blissfully smiling, that beatific smile, who with no extraordinary ability, like all we know who bring this presence into the world, brings withered trees spontaneously into bloom because we need this. So gonghe fat choi to all of us. And may the ox carry us through the gates of this year's heaven to a year of joy and peace and love and deep satisfaction and health and wisdom and the compassion that brings the world to bloom. Happy New Year, everybody. Amen. Oh, no.
comings and our goings, may the light of love shine upon us. Out from within us, be gracious unto us and grant us peace. For this is the day, this is the year we are given. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.